Thanks so much for joining this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. Now, if you followed me, listen to this podcast for any length of time, then you know I am all about outsourcing, but doing it smart. This episode is with Julie Calcote, and I am so excited. She is an OBM and creative business strategist from Alaska. After working in the legal sector for almost a decade, Julie took the plunge into the OBM world in 2019. Now she runs an OBM agency, online business management, for those who didn't know, and her happy place is partnering with six and seven figure entrepreneurs who have big ideas, but who need the support and systems of an OBM to simplify and shine. This episode is all about why hiring isn't a magic bullet and how to get the support you need. I am super excited for you to get all of the nuggets out of this episode. So let's go. Hey y'all, thank you so much for joining season three of the Success Beyond Blends podcast. I am so excited about this season's topic. We are chatting about how your story helps you create a brand and business that aligns with your vision and values to attract clients you actually want to be working with. Now, we have a range of guests coming onto the podcast this season to chat about the importance of your mission, vision, and values, how to utilize your brand story in a way that attracts your clients, and how to put it into action in your business. So grab your mug of coffee, a glass of water, your favorite pen and paper, and let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. I'm so stoked to introduce to you one of my business besties, one of my good friends, and also my book nerd comrade, Julie Calcote of Julie Calcote LLC. She is an OBM and one of the most incredible people I have had the honor of getting to know over the last few years of my business. So Julie, thanks so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. As you were saying that, I was thinking, I can't remember a time in business when you weren't a part of my life. And it feels like we have known each other forever. Like forever. I, I, I feel like I could just like hang up and walk over to your house and we just like sit on your couch and it would be like another normal yeah, Tuesday. Totally. I completely agree. And we've never met in person. <laughs> Not yet, but you did live in Alaska. So I feel like you, you know. Yes. Yeah. That's one thing that uh, Julie and I, one of the many things that we have in common is she lives in Alaska. You're in Anchorage area, right? I am. Yeah. And I lived in Fairbanks for a couple of years, which is like eight hours North, I think eight or it is by by car. Yeah. By car. And uh, so we, she was actually just telling me about how cold and stormy it has been there the last few days. And I'm just like, well, I don't have to deal with that anymore. I'm going to be a Southern baby someday. I'm moving that direction. Just Are you really? Mm-hmm. Like, Cal- are you thinking California? No, I'm thinking yeah. like the South. Like, I think I'm in another life. I feel like I was a Southern belle. I'm on my way. I can see that. Yeah. I can. You, you, you have the debutante voice. I feel like <laughs> I that's, that's a compliment. Trust okay. me. I'll trust me. <laughs> Well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast. Julie is incredible at helping entrepreneurs kind of figure out their business structure, who they need in their business to make their business run more efficiently, and even has a course on how to do that now, right? I do. We're relaunching in April. And so for anybody that wants to have that support and say, who do I need to hire? How do I figure that out? Where do I find the people? 
we're going to have templates and resources so they can come in and just make that process so much faster. Because by the time most of us realize we need to hire, we're already sort of in the weeds. So yeah, for sure. So we are going to be chatting um, about hiring today. And one of the main points is why hiring isn't a magic bullet and how to actually get the support that you need in your business. So tell me why hiring isn't a magic bullet. (laughs) I think so many of us, we think about hiring or we build up hiring in our heads to where it's something that we're going to do. And then the next day or the next week, we're going to feel this immense sense of relief. And I'm not saying that that relief won't come. What I am saying is just like any other part of our business, we have to take responsibility. It's a new skill that we're learning. We're going to build those muscles, the hiring and having a team, learning how to delegate. All those things are going to take a little bit more time and energy from you than maybe you're anticipating and just saying, here, somebody take all these things in my business. Now, I think that's one of the things that personally, like building the agency for the last like 18 months has been a very interesting shift in my day to day. I used to be like the person for all of the clients and taking care of all of the things and learning that I have other people to like help put out fires or help figure things out or like help put things together. It's been a very interesting lesson. I continue to learn. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And it's, it's been interesting, like moving into that role of really leaning on the team too. I think one of the, the pitfalls that we have initially when we begin hiring is we think, okay, well, I can just do it and I can give something else to them. Or like we, they don't get what they need to do. So we're still just doing all of the things, even though we're paying money for someone else to be doing it, but we, we are, they have a hard time relinquishing that control. I think for a lot of us, if we identify as women, if we are moms, if we've grown up a certain way, it can be really hard to ask for help and ask for support. And so a lot of us might not have or be able to ask for that help or support in real life, quote unquote. And so when we come to our business, we're going to mirror some of those same things that we're doing in another area. So it is a muscle and a skill to be able to learn to rely on people and also just to manage your time. I mean, there is an element of this is not coming either to like, we're not pointing the finger at anybody. We've been there. I think that's why we can speak with empathy. And certainly I, my first team member that I brought on, I felt like I don't even have enough time to figure out what I need to sign you to do. Like I'm so far behind it feels like I am just going to, you know, create a bigger mess if I sit down and actually think like, what can I give this person to do? And then how can I tell them how to do the thing? I was like, okay, fine. In that amount of time, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. So how do you, how do you encourage people to get around that? To go from like, oh, I'll just knock it out real quick myself to, okay, if I can write down this process once, and it's hard for an hour, then that's going to free up five hours next week. I think a couple of things. I always tell people that action builds momentum and you get information from that action. So when you're taking small actions towards what you want in your business and your life, you're going to get feedback and information. And so I don't recommend people just sit and in paralysis, not do anything. Like if you're not sure, you know, 
connect with your business bestie or your coach or you know someone like Jen and you'll get the you know some guidance about where to move forward i think that's a good place to start and then also i think you have to look at your big picture and if you are feeling like that frantic kind of scrambled energy i i know you recommend this too but i think looking at your life as a whole and not just your business and looking closer to home and saying, because especially in the beginning, I think the first at least year, if not a little bit longer than that for most people, it's not going to serve you to hire somebody online for your business because you're still learning the things. You're still refining, um, creating your systems. It like all hasn't quite gelled yet for many people. And But if you could have that support with meal prep, if you could have that support with childcare, if you could have someone come in and clean your house, especially if you do any of your work at home, you know, editing, sitting at the computer, and you're looking around and you see things that you quote need to have done or stuff that's not going to get done if you don't get up and do it, that's really distracting and it takes time away from your business. So I firmly believe that for most people, you can get an, a lot of value for that dollar by hiring that support at home. And that might give you that space to your point to free up the time to start thinking about stuff. And when you look at the things that you're doing on a recurring basis in your business, I know I have a freebie that has a link, but you can just open up a Google Sheet, you know, a Word document. And when you do something, let's send an email to your email list, right? Say email to list, record a video of you doing it. There's lots of technology out there for you to use. I use Loom a lot and it's free up to a certain amount of videos. You press record and you say, okay, I'm going here and I'm selecting this template and I'm typing it in and I'm checking this. And then when you do decide to hire, there's already these videos and these resources created for someone to look at, to follow. And you don't then have to go through when you bring someone on and make 20 different videos, especially if things aren't happening on an everyday or every week basis. Just as you're doing them and you know you or someone else is going to have to do them again, make a little recording, jot some notes, and that'll save you so much time in the long run. Yeah. That's one of the things that I just took on a big project with a photographer and we've spent the last three months, like going through all of her systems and kind of streamlining things and putting processes in place. And one of the biggest things that has saved us in putting her SOPs in place is she already had those videos created. So it was a matter of us taking, you know, those videos, turning them into an SOP And then you have both the written and the visual documentation. So when someone needs to create an album or needs to edit or do an ordering appointment, they have all of the resources there at the touch of their fingertips now, rather than having to like sit in on a couple of different ordering sessions or not have anything to go off of. So that's been a huge help in, in that process. Absolutely. And to your point, I think people sometimes worry that when it comes to the more creative aspects of their business, because you and I both love to work with creative business owners, they'll think somebody is never going to be able to get my voice or understand my editing or things like that. But what I find is if you have these videos and you're talking out what you're doing, whether it's creating captions for social media, whether it's creating graphics and copy for your business, you are 
talking out, okay, I'm going to use this word here because this reflects me. I really like how this color looks. You find that somebody can take that and start to make guidelines, you know, creative guidelines and be able to apply those. And before you know it, you'll be able to tweak them and have a guide, not only for your business, that's a valuable business document to have, but something that somebody can really use and you can have the things done in the way you want. Yeah, absolutely. I think before you think you're ready to hire, (laughs) take Julie's advice and and start recording those videos so that you're already ahead of the game when you are ready to hire. Because like you said, when you get to the point, you're like, oh, I need somebody. You're already overwhelmed. You're already in the weeds and you don't necessarily want to take or have the time to spend 30 days training someone. Right. And I think you can be really clear. Like if I have somebody, I just worked with a hairstylist who owns a salon and she also does lots of brides and works with photographers, all those things during the summer months. So she didn't have the systems in place. She didn't have a project management tool. She didn't have any videos created. So we looked at that and said, that's okay. We brought on a person who was very, um, if you are familiar with the Enneagram, Enneagram one is I'm an Enneagram one. That makes sense. (laughs) So do you love like the systems and the lists and all of those things? So we found her an amazing gal who, because she also needed to do some customer facing support, who was an Enneagram one with a wing two who, so wing two loves support, loves people. And it was perfect because that gal was able to come in and we talked to her like this, you know, this isn't lined out. You're you we would love to look to you to create some of these systems based right. on your recommendations. So then she was able to put some of those systems in place. So if you know your strength is not in those lists in that organization, then you just know when you're looking for somebody, you're ideally looking for somebody that's going to fill in those gaps. You don't want a clone of yourself if that's not you. And even if it is you, you still might not want a clone of yourself because somebody with a different personality, different strengths is going to add to your business instead of just cookie cutter sort of what's currently happening. I think that's so important. I think one of the things that we fall into is like, I just need to another me. When, like you said, when you hire someone that's a little different than you or that looks at things differently, they can see gaps that you're missing because they're looking at it from a different perspective. Absolutely. Like I'm an Enneagram seven. So I get very excited about all of the things. I want it to be fun when it's no longer fun. I am not as interested anymore, but I have someone on my team, my ops manager who reels me in and we filter through, this is the idea that we have that we want to pursue. And she can ask really clarifying questions, first of all, to make sure it fits in with like what the strategy and vision is for the year. And then she can also talk about where it will fit in in the calendar, what makes sense instead of, you know, taking on all of the things at once. So it's really helpful because I don't have that skill set in my own business. It's funny because she always teases me and says, you know, for other people's businesses, you're able to kind of look at the 40,000 foot view and, and take in this information. But in your own business, you don't have always that same view. So right. she is my, she's my other half. <laughs> I think it's really important to, to find somebody it, that can ha- be that role for you. I know I'm in the process of trying to figure out who that is, who that is for my business. And um, 
it's such an important role to have. Right. And I tell people to really take the time to not be afraid to fully put in your job descriptions or wherever you're talking about or posting for any of these positions to be fully yourself, to know your values for your life and for your business, but also to, if you want your business run in a certain way to not shy away from that, like own up to it. Say, if I like to micromanage, okay, you're going to find people who vibe with that style. Right. But if you're not upfront and honest about it, that could be an issue in the long run and make for a not successful hire or the way you like to communicate. I have clients who like to send voice memos, very long voice memos. Some team members really just don't, they have a hard time condensing that kind of information. They don't like to receive information that way. So the more details and the more honest you can be in that process about who you are and what you want, the better your outcome is going to be on the end. And don't be afraid to add things about your personality. Like I love queso. If you love queso too, tell me your favorite kind. Like if we love books, it doesn't mean that you want to hire somebody to be your friend who, you know, you could see yourself hanging out with, but those kind of things help build that foundation and culture that make everybody's life so much more enjoyable on the other side. And it also reduces turnover. Like you'll have more retention if you do some of this in the beginning. Yeah. That's super smart. Are you needing to grow and strategize your business, but you have no idea where to start? You don't know if it's marketing that you need, systems, if you need a virtual assistant, do you feel like you're just kind of spiraling out of control with no idea which way is up and which way is down? I'm so excited because in this quarter, I'm doing 30-day consultation packages where you and I jump on a kickoff call to align your priorities with what we're going to be working on for 30 days. Whether it is getting your systems in in check, getting your marketing strategy super dialed in, or some other aspect of your business, this consultation package allows us to tackle it all so that you can focus on the items that are actually going to move your business forward. Check out our show notes for the link to jump on a free 15-minute call with me to see if this program is a good fit for you. So I want to back up for just a second. We mentioned, or you mentioned rather, looking at things in your home prior to hiring in your business. This is one of the first things. I ended up hiring a cleaning team. That was the very first hire I, I ever had. And that opened up enough space where I didn't hire anyone else in the business for, I think, almost two years, if it, was not, if it wasn't a little over. So talk to me a little bit about how to determine what to outsource first, whether it's you know in your home or not. So I recommend to people and really recommend is not probably a strong enough word. I beg people and try to convince them to do this thing I call a time study. So if you can look at this online, there's lots of forms. We have one that's in our freebie too, but you go through and for three to five days, you write down what you're doing. And that is business and life. Um, You could do increments of 15 minutes. You can do increments of 30 minutes. And I know, I know, because listen, I do them quarterly. Oh, wow. Because my life, because I have what I call middle-aged children now, 
our life changes so much from season to season. The sports that the kids are in, the obligations that we have inside and outside of the house, things that are happening in the business, because those things change. I find that I need a view and a perspective on where my time is going so I can make the adjustments I need to. So I think the first step is really looking at where your time is going. And listen, nobody's grading this. Unless you share it with somebody, nobody's going to see it. Please. Like we're only gaslighting ourselves if we're not writing down that we spent three hours on TikTok on Monday night, you know, (laughs) like... Be honest, because that's also going to tell you, you know, if that is just because that's a stress relief and you needed that space because everything else was so crunched up, like that's information that you can take and do something with. So um, three days is good. Five days is better, but that's going to give you a sense of where you're spending your time. And so you can start to say, what things are missing in my life? Like for me, one of the last time studies I did I realized I wasn't doing any physical activity. It was like everything else had a place on my list, my kids, my family, my business, my friends, but not me. I looked at my time study and I said, I don't see a block in here for anything that is going to fill me back up. So you can look at things that are missing, but you can also say, okay, every Saturday I'm spending four hours cleaning and I could put this time to better use somewhere else. So that's where you start to get information and help to see patterns and figure out what you need to outsource. And also you'll start to see, you might not be ready to hire yet, but if you have a bunch of admin tasks on certain days, you can start to say, these are the ones that I need to start documenting first, because this is going to be the first person I bring on because I'm seeing that I'm spending 10 hours a week on these things or five hours a week. And that's a good place for me to start to bring on some help to get the space to think about all the other things. That's super smart. I can't, I'm really, really bad about doing time studies. I'm probably, probably the worst because I'm the worst at tracking my time, but I know, especially right now, because like our team has gone through this big shift of, we just went through another growth spurt. The team is kind of settled on, on, we just hired someone else. And now it's like, okay, the team is pretty much where it's going to be for at least the next quarter. So now it's time to like, okay, I need to audit my time, figure out what's the next step for me personally in the business. So. And there's tools like don't there's, I think timely is one that will keep track of everything you're doing on your computer. And then when you're done, you can go assign those chunks of time. So there are tools. And if you're going to use your, if you like using your phone, open up your notes app and just track it on there. Like do not make it into something where I have to track it on pen and paper. I have to do it. Like whatever is going to be the easiest for you. If you plug it up on your fridge. And just when you walk by, you make some notes, like nothing's ever going to be perfect, but I promise the information that you gain from that will be really valuable and help you see what you need in your life and your business. So when someone decides, okay, it's time to hire, what are some tools or resources that, or places even to find that first hire so that you know, they're not going through three assistants or something like that before they find the person that's the best fit. Or do you feel like there's going to be like, regardless of what resources you put in place or how honest you are in a job description, there's going to be some trial and error. I think 
it just depends on where everybody's at. Like I don't love, especially in the hiring process, I think you see recommendations in all communities from coaches and masterminds and things where they say, hey, like black and white, hire this person first. I don't, I don't follow those rules. So somebody might have experience hiring in a nine to five job. They might, you know, just kind of have a sense about people that's going to make things easier. So I do think you can significantly minimize issues and turnover if you're willing to put in some of the work at first. And some of that is when you write your job description, I don't care if you go online and get a template and just use that to look through and kind of get ideas about like what a certain position could, you know, how you could look like, what does a virtual assistant do? Write down a list and then kind of see, you know, what you might need and want. But when you put something together, don't just go to a Facebook group or to an online community and post, I need a VA. Yeah. DM me. Oh my gosh. If you think you're overwhelmed before, like that's going to send you off the deep end. You're going to get 50, 100 DMs. You're going to be inundated. You're going to have notifications everywhere. That's just not not what you want to do. But if you come in with a lot of clarity that says, you know, you don't, you could hire somebody two hours a week, like to try them out. You could, I love having, especially if you're unsure about what this process is going to look like. If you even want someone in your business, if you want to dip your toe in the water, hire someone for a project. I think we Mm -hmm. can all think about projects we have in our business. Let's say you just, you have some videos that you've created and you want somebody to turn those into a written standard operating procedure or written instructions for somebody to follow. You can hire someone for that project and say, I will pay you for five hours. Just you know, put these videos into these um, templates. And so somebody can walk through them and you'll find out very quickly whether or not that's a person you want to continue to work with. But yeah, I would say start small if you're unsure, get really clear on who you are and what you want. The more details you have, the better, including times when you do and don't want to work because time zones can be an issue, especially when you're working virtually you know, the rate of pay that you're able to, to give to someone, I think will inform sometimes who comes on, but there's incredible people at all ranges of, of pay and experience that you can bring onto your business. They're going to provide you amazing team members. So when someone's first starting the hiring process, would you recommend that they hire someone? Well, after the project, like let's say things go well, because I highly agree that Especially if you're hiring someone who like you don't know that well, wasn't a referral, that kind of thing. I think starting with the project's a really, really good idea. Um, once you've decided, like, yep, I like this person, do you think it's better to do retainer versus hour hourly? Do you think it's because I know a lot of the time if it's a virtual assistant, they're gonna come and say, like, hey, this is what my rate is, or like, hey, this is what my retainer is. Do you have a preference on how to for people to hire getting started? I think I see a lot of questions in the online space where people are very understandably confused and stressed out about A, how much time is this going to take somebody to do? Right. And B, like, what is even a fair rate for this job? Yeah. I think the market will sometimes tell you what a fair rate is, but you can also, um, like for a virtual assistant, I think anywhere from you know, 15 to $25 an hour is a fair and average starting rate for most of those positions. So that's just, I just want to put that out there. 
Yeah, I completely agree. You know, if, if you're looking at virtual assistants, then I think that's a, a really good, good starting point. And then as you work with more, you know, specialized people, you're going to end up paying more, whether it's, you know, with someone specifically for marketing, specifically for systems, whatever the niche ends up being. But virtual assistants, I completely agree. 15 to 25 is a good starting point. And, yeah. and like you said, it, it only needs to be a couple hours a week. It doesn't need to be you don't need to come in and think, okay, I have to have 10 hours of work for them every week. It's not the case. Right. I'm sure I started with 10 hours a month, which was, yep. you know, That's at that time, too. right. 200 to $250 you're looking at on average. Yep. And, you know, when we talked about somebody having a certain amount of hours, I think you can look at, I advise people to look at someone's timesheet because I recommend that you are having them submit to you, you know, the hours that they've spent. And this, from my point of view, is not a micromanaging thing. There's a lot of information I think you can get from that, including if something is not in somebody's wheelhouse. Like I have assigned a graphics task early on when my ops manager was a virtual assistant, I assigned her a graphics task and it took her several hours to complete. And we had a communication. She was like, I don't think this is my jam. I was like, that's totally okay. There's so many other things I can have you do. Right. We know that's not in your wheelhouse, but if looking at those hours spent, I could probably also tell that there. And yeah. if somebody's spending a lot of time letting people into a Facebook group, for example, I think that you can look at automations or have them research automations that will help automate that process and act as like an employee per se or a contractor per se and do a lot of that work so that person can focus more time back in your business. But you can't expect that as somebody doing something in your business for a long period of time, that someone's going to come in and it's going to take them exactly that amount of time. Like it didn't take you that amount of time when you started. There is a training period and somebody is going to take a little bit longer in the beginning. So I think you also, when you think about the tasks that you assign someone, it's going to be a learning curve, but don't expect that if something takes you 30 minutes, it's going to take them 30 minutes on the first day. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think when I'm, once I realized that I normally started considering like for the first little while, it's probably going to take them almost double the time that it takes me now. So I think that's a really good rule of thumb. Before we wrap up here, I have one more question. If someone is ready to hire today, what is one tip that they can implement to hire successfully? If you really want to hire successfully, think you have to look at what is going to make the most impact on your time and your life. And if you took one thing away from this call today, I would say, please consider doing a time study. That's an action that you could take as you're doing the time study, record your tasks. I know this is like more than one action, but these are all positive actions that are going to move you forward and make things so much easier on the back end. And then just manage your expectation and know that this isn't, like we said, a magic bullet. There is work that's going to be involved in not only bringing on this team member, but managing them, assigning them tasks. And it's a powerful muscle that you're growing and building your business. And it's going to be such a worthwhile investment of your time and energy. Awesome. All right. So I always like to wrap up the podcast with the same three questions. The first one is what is your favorite business tool? I 
love FG funnels right now. And so we just, we've talked about this, but I think that online tools in general are moving towards a more all-in-one and Mm -hmm. some of those are good. Some of them are not so good. Right. Because, you know, it just depends on how people are squishing everything together. But for me, I like to be able to do my emails and, you know, what we mean by a funnel is like, if you have a freebie and somebody can opt in with a form, they can get the email, they can get a thank you page. All that stuff is stored in one place, as well as I have my course hosted over there. There's just so many great things that I can do in one spot and have it connected because as you know, as things are connected all over different softwares, things can break, those connections can break. So I like minimizing that for myself and my own team and using that tool. I love the idea of FG funnels. We're going to get this straightened out and I'm going to love FG funnels. (laughs) You are, we're going to convert you. Yes. yes. Um, (laughs) All right. What is your favorite quote? There's so many, but I, I think the ones that I go back to the most are something like Wayne Dyer, who has talked about, you know, if, and this is of course paraphrasing, but if you squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. And so if you're squeezed, what comes out of you, you know, because I think sometimes it it could be anger, it could be frustration. Like what's at the core of how you're feeling Yeah, and really thinking about that and not passing the buck off for that responsibility. So I love that. I think about it a lot. Awesome. Very good. All right. So this is my favorite. And eventually I'm going to make a guide with all of these answers. If you and I were to go grab drinks in Anchorage, where would we go and what would we have? Ooh, there is, since you've been here, I'm sure tons of new Mexican restaurants. They have like really fancy high-end ones now. And so we would have to go all in on a watermelon jalapeno margarita downtown. I love that idea. I mean, you can't go wrong with a good margarita and chips and queso. I would say stay tuned on your Instagram feed because we, you're going to come visit and we are going to make this thing happen. I can, I love it. Super excited. Cheers to you. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming on today, hanging out with me. Tell me where our audience can find you, hang out with you and find out all the things about hiring. Yeah. I love hanging out on Instagram. So I'm over there at Julie Calcote OBM. And then if you want all the resources that we talked about today in one handy little workbook, you could go to julietraining.com backslash starter kit and you get a vision and values worksheet with tons of ideas and a way for you to really get that into words if you haven't done that before. It has the time study so you can use that. And then it also has a Google spreadsheet already created. So you can plug in your task, your video, when there's a written document for it, there's a line for that and then who it's assigned to. So you can, if nothing else, you can use that tool and and start with that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing. We will drop that in the show notes and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Well, that wraps 
us up for this week. Thank you so much for joining on this episode of the Success Beyond Lens podcast. If you are loving our content, it would mean the world to me if you subscribe to our channel or left us a review. You can always hang out with me on the gram at Success Beyond the Lens. Hope to see you guys next week. Oh,